Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb.Dot listeners. Uh, today, I'm sitting with Dr. Rockers. Um, Dr. Alexandrati is not with us, so it's just two of us. And we decided today to talk about self-development. And when we say self-development, um, it could be um, just self-awareness. It could be learning something. It could be being creative in different things. And I know Dr. Rockers is known for his creativity and his profession specializes in creative um, psychology. So we decided to basically expand our conversation regarding what do we mean by self-development? I'm going to hand it to Dr. Rockers. An important part of self-development is, I believe, the creativity necessary to use most, if not all aspects of your life in your self-development. And what I'm really talking about there is I've done a number of different courses on things which are psychologically oriented, but based on golf, which we talked about in earlier programs, pastry making, bread making, chocolate making, things like that. We can use all of those things as self-development. That's the part that I'm talking about. And when we say self-development, it's not just development of the self, it's development also of one's spirituality. Or I guess self-development is your spirituality development. You know, we see that in things like that Rumi poem, The Guest House, right? Yes. You're familiar with that. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are familiar with that. Yes. And it's the idea of letting your emotions come in. That's the guest house is the idea of letting those emotions come in and working with them, knowing what are those things telling me? What are they telling me about myself? I think another part of self-development is paying attention to dreams. Like I work with a lot of people who have PTSD and One of the most important pieces is examining their nightmares, their dreams that they have, which often show up a resultant to the post-traumatic stress. One thing I wanted to start with today, though, is talking about pastry making, bread making, that sort of a thing. Saide, do you do much of that? Do you do? Have you done much pastry making? Yeah, I've done uh, some, but not a lot because uh, my life has been always very busy with social activities, with socializing, with uh, running one or two jobs minimum, if not three. <laughs> so wow. I didn't have, yeah, I didn't have much time seriously to get into this. And one of the things I always uh, told myself was when I retire, I definitely want to take one of these culinary courses so that uh, you know, I know a lot, but sometimes I feel like the ingredients are, are pretty much limited to certain things. So why do you take all these courses so you can just um, go through the recipes and make cake, make pastry and do different things? But I like my hands constantly, continuously in a session type, in a duration type to be into you know, doing things like that. So you get used to it, you learn it, you become confident. And the other part of me maybe is, you know, I want to do a good job. I want to learn 
um, and do it more and more um, and repeat that process so I get good at it. Um, And the reason I say that, because once or twice you get a recipe, you do it, it's fun, it's good, but then you lose it, you don't do it. But I like to become um, like my cooking because my cooking is natural without looking at recipe. I pretty much can cook anything by, you know, you know, just um, natural in, I'm pretty much natural in cooking, but when it comes to bakery and pastry making, um, I am not um, that good. So I have to look at recipe and I haven't done much, but I know you do bread and you've done it for years. I like to hear from you about that. Yeah. What brings this up, this topic up for me is that over the holidays, I was able to get back to making a certain type of dough that I hadn't made in many years. Okay. And on our last program, I talked about being in Moscow that first summer in graduate school. And when I was in Moscow, I took with me a book on French pastry making. And in this book on French pastry making, they talked about, they showed how they had a recipe for making puff pastry dough. And puff pastry dough is considered one of the hardest types of dough to make because there's a lot of things that can go wrong with it. And essentially what you do is you have, you have, you wrap dough around a butter block and then you roll out this butter block and then you fold it like in thirds, like a letter, and then you turn it 90 degrees and you roll it out again. And what is, what you're doing is you're stretching out that block of butter till it's just very fine layer. And after you do six of those turns, you have layers of dough and butter and dough and butter and dough and butter. There's very fine layers. There's 729 layers of butter in that. Now, when you bake that, what happens is that those layers of butter, the water, when you bake that, the water in the butter turns to steam which pushes those dough layers apart and it puffs up. And that's how it gets the name of puff pastry. So the water in the butter puffs it up and then the butter, the fat in the butter in those layers then soaks into the dough and that gives you this wonderful buttery taste. So when you have things made with puff pastry dough that are made well, and this goes to the thing that you're talking about wanting to really do something very well, then it's just a delight to eat. It's a wonderful thing. And by the way, the difference between croissant dough and puff pastry dough is just that croissant dough has yeast in it. So it has the additional thing of yeast puffing up the layers as well as the layers of butter and dough. But both doughs are very flaky pastry. They make a very flaky pastry. The reason this is important is that during that summer, I looked at this cookbook or baking book many, many, many times. And I read over that recipe on puff pastry dough. And my success during that summer of baking cinnamon rolls and selling them left me with a lot of confidence. So then when I came back to graduate school in Texas, I was like, all right, I'm ready. I can learn this puff pastry dough. And I was making this. So I started making it. It was like in August or September. And it was pretty warm there. It's in Texas. It's Dallas, Texas. And I didn't realize the importance of having a cold kitchen area because the butter can 
be harder to work if it's real hot. In fact, it's hard, really hard to make that puff pastry dough. But I had all this confidence. I was baked, trying to make that puff pastry dough and it kept failing. I kept failing. The butter would squirt out the end because it was too hot. And I had one afternoon where I just had a meltdown and I pretty much lost it. And I was reduced to like just screaming and banging my rolling pin on the edge of the counter and put dents in the rolling pin. It was just so frustrating because I felt like I had the confidence, but I wasn't able to do this. And I remember I went and sat down on the sofa. I just needed to cool myself down. And I made a decision. This was an important decision in terms of self-development. I made this decision that I was going, I wasn't going to let the dough beat me. And I wasn't going to let my anger beat me. And I made this firm decision that I was going to make that dough every day until I learned it. And I wasn't going to make the dough to make something with the dough. I was going to make the dough only for practice of learning how to make the dough. And I was going to throw it in the trash as soon as I was done. I wasn't going to try to make anything with it. So what I did in that is I really, this was a very important self-development piece because what I did was took my ego out of the equation. Like I'm going to make some great from it. No, at that point it was, I just want to learn that technique and that's all. Once I have that down, then if I want to make stuff with it, I can. And But this was very important because I got freed up. So then if there was a failure in making the dough, if it didn't turn out, it was only about learning. It was like, well, what, what went wrong? What can I do a little differently next time? How can I make this work next time? Mm -hmm. And so each time became learning instead of my ego on the line. Like, let me, this is how great I am. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It didn't take very long once I made that decision to get the process figured out. So that to me speaks to the self-development that's involved. That's an important part. And we can take any of our activities and build in that way, build self-development. You can use it to build patience. So like with this puff pastry dough, for example, you can build patience by working that dough and if we implement things like mindfulness into this practice, then you end up with something like what my mother says about her bread baking and bread making. She said, you know what? Making the dough, kneading the dough is very therapeutic. She told me this a couple of different times as I was growing up. She is able to incorporate that common current idea of mindfulness into her bread and pastry making. She just pays attention. What is the feeling of your hands in the dough? What is the feeling of kneading the dough? How is she doing all that? That's what mindfulness is. So you can use any, really most any endeavor in that same way. Do you have, what about, what's your experience with mindfulness? Upside aid, have you? Yeah, as you were describing all of these, you know, I usually deeply get into what someone is talking about and listen. And I, I felt like I was with you when you were making the uh, puff dough. And um, I realized, yeah, you have to really build patient. You have to have patient. And I think for self-development, 
a lot of these pieces, even though you're cooking, you're, you're um, cleaning the house, you're doing anything, I think it's self-development if you carefully pay attention to the processes, your thoughts, the way you behave, the way you react, you know, because sometimes let's say you're cleaning the house and you're, it's something that maybe you don't like, so you're not happy about doing this. So definitely you're not enjoying that work that you're doing. But if you immediately just think of, I need to do this regardless, whether I like it or I don't. And I am, you know, into this for this hour, let's say, or two hours. So let's make the best out of it. Let's just put the music. Let's just that way have some fun. And while you're doing, because I remember also in one of our talks, we talk about a researcher who um, actually, I remember clearly what she talked about. She says, usually going to gym is very difficult. Doing exercise is not, you know, unless your body is addicted to it and you really crave to go to the gym or crave to do exercise. But um, she said, always pair that with something that you like so you can actually do it by having another thing that you like into this mix. So I was just thinking maybe, for example, when I'm doing something that I don't like, I put the music on, I make it fun, even though that thing is not fun. So I've learned this, that pairing something that you don't like to do with something you like, you make a good time out of that. And I was imagining that at that age, at that time, how angry you were because this wasn't, you know, going through with someone who was so successful in, in actually selling your products. So I was just walking with you in that process. And, and I was just thinking, it's not great um, message to everyone that rather than frustrating, rather than putting it for good aside and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's just being persistent and, and just say, you know, I want to see what it, what is wrong in this and maybe I can get over it. And, um, and of course you have to have enough time. You have to have energy to do that. But I've noticed that if you want to learn something and you truly want to learn you just overcome all these obstacles, you know, obstacles yeah. of time, obstacles yeah. of this, yeah. It's the openness that comes in. And I like to talk more about that after our break. Is it time for a break at this point? Sure. Yeah, it is a break and we come back and we continue our conversation. Shanamandagan Aziz Radio Bamdad, man be hamrahe hamkaram Dr. Daniel Rakers emruz sohbat mikonim Dr. Alexandrade emruz bamanis. ما صحبت اولیمون رو راجبه اینکه چطوری میتونیم خودمون رو از هر چیزی که به سر دوست داریم یاد بگیریم انجام بدیم در خودمون این نیرو رو ایجاد بکنیم که باید صبور باشیم اگه کاری رو دوست داریم بکنیم واقعا اگر به نتیجه درستی که میخوایم سریعا نمیرسیم ولی فکر کنیم که با تکرار این کار یاد میگیریم یا اینکه اگه یه کاری برخورد میکنه به موانعی به سرا معیوس نشیم دنبالش رو بگیریم با تکرار کردن کار و صبور بودن 
بر صحبت صحبت‌های ما روزای شنبه و شنبه به زبان انگلیسی هستش اگه تازه رادیاتون رو باز کردین و صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما روزای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت 12 تا که بعد از ظهر صحبت‌های روانشناسی و صحبت‌های فرهنگی یا صحبت‌های روزمره داریم که همه اینا البته به فرهنگ و روانشناسی مربوط میشه با شما هستیم و پادکست هایمون در آیتون و در سپاریفای قابل جستجو و سرچ هستن ما تا کنون شاید بیش از 150-150 پادکست داریم در تاپیک های مختلف و همجور هر هفته به صحبت هامون ادامه میدیم و این پادکست های روز به روز بیشتر میشه برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم with Dr. Rockers. Uh, this is Saide Malik Absali speaking. Uh, the first part of our conversation, we were talking about self-development, creativity, um, and simple things we do in life, uh, how persistent and patient we need to do if, you want, if you, we want um, to do a good job and learn. So um, in continuation of, of our conversation, I'd like to hear more about um, your experiences, Dr. Rockers. What, where we were headed before break is that idea of persistence, which you brought up, which I think is so important. I think it's also important to think about and talk about and understand the different kinds of persistence. So we don't want to have just a grim, gritted teeth persistence, but instead a persistence that is open and interested and curious. That's a learning type of persistence where we're doing it to learn it and be in it. And when we're, when, we're, it, yeah. when we're open and curious in that way, what happens is then we're in a position to learn and we are also present to what's going on. And this again is that mindfulness. If it's grim persistence and I just want to get it done, Then we hit this thing. Did you ever read the uh, book Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? No. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a very good book. I think it's a very important book. He talks about, he's taken this long trip and he talks about Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance as contrasted with the science of it. Either way, he has a quote in there. He says, when you're no longer, what do he say? Something like when you are in a hurry to get something done. Uh, I'm not, I can't remember it. I used to be able to say it just right off the top of my head. But he says, when you're in a hurry, he says, 
you're no longer open. You don't care anymore. And what happens is you won't learn because then you'll just force it. And that's what was happening to me with making that puff pastry dough. I just wanted to get it done. And it was the wrong motivation as opposed to a learning motivation. It was to show people a great or my own satisfaction of my own ego. Like I'm so great. I can do all this stuff. I can make this hardest pastry dough. Um, it didn't work because I had the wrong kind of persistence at first. After the meltdown, then that helped me get my head straight because I could see what was happening in my head that was getting in the way. It was not a good thing. It was a problem thing. I can imagine at that time, I mean, knowing more about brain, all these um, neurotransmitters, you know, in your brain, all this emotions going on, you know, probably cortisol, um, which is toxic and we know probably anger, you know, rushing through why this is not working. You know, when you think of all of that, as opposed to calmness, you know, curious curiosity, learning, all of that, all of a sudden, you just realize that you know, different hormones are working in your brain. And then how much you're opening up the gate control with hormones, with, you know, your brain starting to really focus on learning. And it's really, really important what you said with openness, you know, I think that's a key to anything you do in life, you know, Maybe um, specifically when you're focusing on yourself and this self-awareness is something that you can implement in anything you do. It's so true. And not just anything you do, but I think everything that you do. <laughs> Have you read that book, The uh, Miracle of Mindfulness? Are you familiar with that book? No, I don't. But I can sort of imagine it is a miracle, you know. Mindfulness. You know, it's a, a classic book. I highly recommend it. It's a classic book on mindfulness. And I think one of the first resurrections of mindfulness from the spiritual realm, he brings it from the spiritual realm and puts it more into a realm that is not necessarily tied with any particular religion. I mean, he talks about Buddhism in there, but he says, you know, you can use this. However, it doesn't matter. But his point is this, his point is, if you are not mindful as you're going through things, that time, you're not existing for that period of time. If you're busy off thinking about something else, or you're planning this, or you're planning that, or you're irritated with this, or you're doing that in your head while you're doing it, and he gives the starts off with a great example of washing dishes. He says, if you aren't mindful when you're doing even washing dishes, then you don't have that time. That time isn't. He gives the example of somebody washing dishes and feel and raising kids and feel like my time is not my own. My time is not my own. I don't have any of this time. It's all for this person. It's all for that person. It's all doing this and that. And then he realizes that, oh, if everything that I do, even if it's for other people, whether it's washing dishes or changing diapers or taking care of my kids or going to the playground, if I also think of that as some of my own time and really get into it with an open mind where I'm curious and interested, then it becomes my time. And then I have unlimited time. 
Whereas before it's like, oh, I only have this small slot of time. And very important lesson, but I think that's the 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 spirit that you're talking about bringing in with that persistence. And that's Persist- absolutely true. I um, used to do things that I didn't like and it made uh, so much harder and so much more difficult when I was doing. Something switched in my mind and I was thinking about the same thing as you just described that says in the miracle of mindfulness. I just told myself, just like what happened to you when you were making bread, making the um, puff um, dough, all of a sudden I thought, you know what, I have to do this regardless. So I either do it with enjoyment or I'm making myself miserable the time that I'm using. It was a decision. It was a choice. And something completely switched in my head from that point by practicing and reminding myself that every time I'm doing something that it's sort of drag and it happens all the time, there's something that you like, you enjoy, you don't even realize how time flies and there are things that you don't like. And it's, it's sort of a drag. But if immediately you switch the key and say, I have to do this, so let's make it fun. And as I mentioned in our um, first session, you know, you match it or pair it with something that you enjoy. Put the music and do it. But um, the washing dishes that you mentioned, it's actually for me therapeutic. You know, when you're washing dishes and you're focusing, time goes by so quickly. Sometimes, you know, we have gathering, there's a whole bunch of dishes I have to wash. And if I'm with that mindset, it goes by so quickly, everything is taken care of. And I've noticed how time, actually perception of time in your eyes and in reality and in your actual, you know, act that you're putting into this time thing, it just changes its perception. Time changes its perception if you're present. That is so true. We can think about things where time goes, seems to go so slowly and where thing, time, things where time seems to go so rapidly, so quickly and easily. And generally it goes slowly when it's something extremely distressing and painful. And it goes so quickly when things are just, they're flowing. It's a great thing. It's a great feeling. And it, yeah. it just and, goes um, and when you were talking about this book, The Miracle of Mindfulness, and you said it's not religious, it doesn't talk about any religion. I truly think mindfulness and self-awareness is nothing to do with religion. Is something different than any of these. You said maybe they talked about Buddhism in this book, but in general, um, mindfulness and self-awareness It's just something from within, and it doesn't attach to any practices of any religion. It's just a matter of realizing you have to be present in what you do, and and being present makes things so much pleasant, so much more. Your mind is open to learning. Um, You are unblocking any obstacles. your 
brain is ready for um, absorption. So what happens in your whole body and mind is just enjoying and being present to whatever you are doing. The learning level goes up, the enjoyment level goes up because all these good hormones in your body are working. You know, imagine the opposite when you're angry, when you don't like it, when I mean, all these things are going through your mind and you're blocking everything in your mind. Yeah. When you're banging the rolling pin against the edge of the counter and putting dents in your rolling pin. I can imagine you doing I, that. I, I, really, I, it's an embarrassing time I to talk about it i was just reduced to like making animal noises like rage animal noises i don't even know what they were it was barking or grunting or whatever it was really it was a uh quite a terrible time it was one of the most angry times i've ever had in my life it wow was, so you highlight that in yeah, that's why you remember that so clearly that's why i remember it. well i remember it because it, it constituted a real turning point for me mm -hmm. it was a turning point because when i made that change the learning actually came pretty quickly and it freed me up it freed me up for really almost all of my baking after that, that I could throw the product away, throw it in the trash and not, you know, and not feel yeah. bad about it not be angry yeah. about it. And just like, Oh no. Okay. That's doesn't matter. This is yeah. like, so what, and what kicked this off then was over the holidays, I once again made puff pastry and I probably haven't made that puff pastry. Mm. And I told Jan, I said, well, I, you know, I think this, I hope that it will turn out, but I'm not really sure. And then some parts of it didn't work exactly the way I want, but I still made the turnovers and they looked pretty good and tasted pretty good too. But some of them were getting old and I said, well, you know, I can just throw those away. And so, oh no, don't throw those away. We need to keep those. And I said, no, I don't think you understand. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hooked on, I'm not attached to these. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's all right to do that. It's I said they weren't made exactly the way I like them, and and I don't think it was an an ego thing. It's just like no, I'm just yeah. I'm not so attached. I enjoy maybe this is the thing too. Side A is I enjoy the process mm -hmm. of making the dough. Yeah, so I told her I said you know I love making this dough. I love making this dough. And when I rolled it out and had it all rolled out, and I could tell she was like really surprised. She says, wow, that's beautiful dough. And what does that mean for something to be beautiful dough? I mean, isn't dough just dough? Yeah. But I think what she was seeing there was some of what that energy that was coming from right, me. Right, right, right. This I really like. Absolutely. This, it feeds my soul. It fed, fed yeah, my soul. Yeah, yeah. Through. Yeah. And then bottom line, when you were talking about if it didn't work out and it's not that good, you throw it away and you, you are not bothered by that. I'm experiencing this and I'm practicing that anything that happens that is not right, you know, like, for example, you put the bread in the toaster it, uh, and then you forget because it doesn't come out at the uh, right time or you didn't do it, uh, you know, the correct timing so that it's burned rather than getting upset and getting hooked into the fact that you didn't do this right or why it's it's burned 
And even let's say this is the last piece of bread you have. It's not the end of the world, you know? I mean, just accept that this happened and it happens. You can change it, forget it, you know, you know. You don't have the bread right now. Think about eating something else. Even I'm in the worst scenario. So with that, we got to the second break. We come back to continue our conversation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من سعیده ملک افزالی هستم به همراه دوست و همکارم دکتر دانیل راکرز امروز در خدمتون هستیم اگر تازه رادیاتون رو باز کردیم و صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه در رادیو بامداد از ساعت دوازده که بعد از ظهر به زبان انگلیسی صحبتهای فرهنگی و روانشناسی داریم و امروز در دو قسمت برنامه راجبه سلف اورنس آگاهی به خودمون و اتفاقاتی که برامون میفته پذیرفتن و اینکه ما چطوری میتونیم این افکار خوب و درست رو در خودمون توسعه بدیم که بتونیم ذهنمون رو با چیزای خوب به صلاح قذابش بدیم به جای اینکه عصبانی بشیم ناراحت بشیم اگه کاری خوب پیش نمیره به هر حال به جای اینکه عصبانی کنیم خودمون رو پیدا کنیم که مشکل چی بوده و صحبت ها در این زمینه بود و همینطور کارهای روزمرهی که ما میکنیم و بر میخوریم از وقتا به موانع و چطوری بتونیم ازش بگذاریم و یک بریک کوتاه میدیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم back with Dr. Rockers um, and Dr. Andrade is not here with us today. It's just two of us. Uh, we talked about different things, but mainly self-awareness and how mindfulness is important in implementing in our life and constantly thinking about that. We talked about even regular and um, simple things we do in life that sometimes it doesn't work out. It doesn't go the right way to the right direction, but how we can take that and learn from and use it in order to actually teach ourselves something. So basically be open to everything we do, learn from it and pay attention to it. Why this is making me angry? Why this is not working? 
why am I so hooked in um, making this the right way? And so many of these things that happens in our daily life, we talked about our experiences, we talked about how in everything we do, we can get better um, in time and being present to time and being present to things we do. So we are now back and continue our conversation. Earlier, we talked about the idea of mindfulness. We spent quite a bit of time on mindfulness, which brings up the part, it's often called mindfulness meditation, but it brings up the importance of meditation. What is meditation? We've probably talked about this before, but I think it's worth repeating again and going over it again. That meditation is when we develop the ability to not have that continuous chaining of thoughts running through our head where one association leads to another association, to another, to another, to another. And often for most of us, we can corral those somewhat so we can stay on topic when we talk to someone, stay in a conversation and come back to if we've drifted away from it. But meditation is the idea of generally sitting without talking or doing something else so much and just becoming aware of what's going on inside and letting the internal mental contents settle down so that we don't have this starting off. Because mindfulness is when we don't let our mind keep jumping to some other thing. So if I'm washing my dishes and I start thinking about, well, I've got to get my book work done for the end of the year. And, oh, that reminds me, you know what? I've got to get new tires on the car. And now that I'm thinking about new tires on the car, that's an expense. What other expenses will I have in 2022? Well, I need to get new windows in my house. And that, oh, that also reminds me, I need gutters in my house. Things like that. That's that successive chain of thoughts that keeps going on. And it's not saying that those aren't productive. It's saying, meditation is saying, sometimes we need to give our mind a break and learn how just to focus on one thing, which essentially means we're not jumping off onto all those other directions. And when we do that, and this is what's brought out so clearly in the classic meditation book, The Relaxation Response by Herbert Benson. He talks about, in that book, he talks about the essentials of meditation and how to do it in the most simple way. It's, in some ways, it's a lot like that Miracle of Mindfulness book too, where the focus on breathing, breathing is so fundamental. But he distills meditation down from all of the different religious approaches, the spiritual approaches, and says, you know, you don't have to do this with... You don't have to be involved in some religion to do this mindfulness, which is also or, or meditation, which is also what the miracle of mindfulness is about. Yeah. An important point, though, this may be a little bit of a jump, it's, but it's important, is that earlier you mentioned that religions, that mindfulness doesn't have anything to do with religion, or maybe I said that, or you picked up on that. It doesn't have anything to do with religion necessarily in and of itself, yet every religion gives that as one of the approaches 
for self-development. And in my mind, all religions are all about self-development. All major world religions give techniques and strategies, ways of self-development. They give us ways that we can become a better person, that we can develop ethically, that we can be thoughtful, that we can be kind, that we can be open, and that we can be productive, things like that. But every one of them will have ways of doing some sort of meditation. Meditation can be called many things, right? It can be called prayer. Prayer often is meditation as well, when we focus on the words that those prayers have. All of that to say is that from a psychological viewpoint, what we're talking about is clarifying what's inside your mind and settling it down. And this is what Herbert Benson says in the relaxation response. He says, you know, when you do this, when you really do do this, what happens is that all of those things in your body, those things you talked about, side A, the cortisol, plasma cortisol, and all of those bad hormones and chemicals, he says, those all get filtered out. And your body gets into this optimal state of healing. And that's how some, probably some of these very miraculous healings can occur, is that something's happening as we do this meditation or as we clear out. So even though it may not be directly connected with or say that you have to have some religion, it is at the heart of every religion. And I think there's a good reason for that. It's because it works. Yeah. And I want to talk to our young people who are still working and work is pretty much as stressful, especially when you're holding an important job, uh, especially we know doctors, medical field, um, psychologists, we know um, any field that you have patients, you have um, customer service, you have um, customers, I mean, every job, when you look, there is some stress. And um, when I was reading the uh, Slays um, who came up with this um, general adaptation syndrome um, that he talked about responses to all type of stress is same and involves three stages. And honestly, when I was reading that, I was just thinking, what do we do to our body without realizing when we go through this stress? And most of the jobs are stressful. I remember how much I loved my job and I kept saying how much I love my job, how much I love my job. But I was just thinking how much we put, toxic put to, uh, into our body. He talks about the three stages. One is alarm reaction stage. And that increases activity of sympathetic nervous system that, um, you know, body needs to create energy in order to be to the mode of fight or flight. And then the resistance stage begins, um, the stressors uh, persist. And during this stage, some physiological functions returns to normal, but cortisol um, still continues to circulate uh, in an elevated level to help our body again to maintain that high energy of fight or flight to be able to deal with that situation. So still stress is resistance. And at the last stage, if the stress is still is active and has its effect, we go to the exhaustion stage. And um, then we go to the 
allostatic um, overload, which means our body now is filled with um, loads of uh, stress and all these negative hormones that we talked about and our immune system goes down. We are susceptible to getting some diseases and um, we get sick a lot. And that's why sometimes uh, you work, 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 you deal with the stress and all of a sudden on the holidays or vacation, you become sick. And many of the illnesses we know as a result of this um, continuous stress that takes your body to the exhaustion mode and allosteric um, overload. So it's important to know what we are doing to our body. And uh, now we are talking about creativity, self-awareness. These are good to know and to understand when we put so much load and stress um, on our mind and our body, what what are we doing to ourselves? Right, it it isn't good. That's such a good point you bring up. That whole who was that that created that three stage model? I'm not sure if I pronounce his name, but I know I always say Selly, but it's S E L E Y. Celia yeah. or Selly? Selly. Yeah. Isn't S E L Y E? No, it's S-E-L-E-Y, Celia or Celia, I don't know. Isn't that Hans, Hans Celia? I think so, yeah. In 70s, he came up with this three stages, yeah. Right. You know, and also just it's such a timely uh, thing right now in the time of COVID where we're grinding this out for a couple of years. And you know a lot of people are reaching that exhaustion phase. Yeah. And the way that we tie that I tie this back to things like pastry making, you're like, hey, man, how's this connect? It connects because we have to have some of those things, which I believe I say it feeds my soul. When we feed our soul, it's not just I'm sitting around praying and I'm not putting that down. I think that's a great thing to do. But it's engaging in an activity that I can focus on, that I am growing, and that I enjoy. Absolutely. But like, like I mentioned before, that can be that can be bread making, that can be pastry making, that can be cooking, that can be baking, that can be mowing the lawn, that can be washing the dishes, that can be sharpening the lawnmower blades, that can be doing woodworking, that can be learning how to run, that can be swimming. It, Whatever that might be, it may be something that you can take the time out and do. But like you also mentioned, Saide, for some of our younger listeners who are busy with family and so forth, something like mindfulness, the miracle of mindfulness is a very good approach. Because how important is that as we are raising young children or we are interacting with our spouse? It's so important to be mindful. It's so easy to become callous with someone we're so familiar with, easily irritated, and we can respond in an unkind way. But if we are mindful, we can often catch ourselves just in that moment before and say something with a little different tone or deliver a little different message or think about our own role in it. That's the miracle of mindfulness. We can change our life. We change ourselves when we do that. Absolutely. And then we talked about cortisol, but there are all other good hormones we can create in our body, endorphin, 
or uh, neuroperiphrine, all these good hormones, uh, serotonin, we constantly tell our patients, exercise, do this, uh, you know, do something you like in order to increase your endorphin, increase your norepinephrine, increase your, you know, other good hormones like serotonin or dopamine and all that. It's all about these things that we are talking about. You know, you may be just sitting, doing nothing except that just being present and enjoy the weather, even if it's raining, even if, you know, just just enjoy it because any moment that you're present, um, you have to just feel content. I mean, it's hard to tell someone who doesn't feel that, how do you make yourself to change your outlook to life and view things differently? It has to happen deeply from inside, but we can just invite people to understand what they're doing to themselves when they put so much stress and load on their shoulder. You may do the same work. You may do the same responsibilities that you have, but when you have a different mindset, things switch in a way better way for you. Yeah, it's and it. That's, that is a great point because you may not be able to change what's outside you, the stuff you've got to do, but you can change what's inside. That's, I think, probably one of the, the miracles of psychology in the sense of uh, I have run into a fair number of patients who say, yeah, well, what about, it doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything, you know, when I'm suggesting doing something different from the mental perspective. But the reality is it actually, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't change anything outside us. doesn't change. I've got to change those diapers. doesn't change. I've got to mow the yard. doesn't change. I've got to pay the bills, but it does change how I am meeting those tasks, which, and, and when that happens, something very cool happens inside us. You know, we begin to get fueled by some of these things we, well, or maybe another way of saying it is, What's great is we don't hit the exhaustion phase. Mm-hmm. We don't hit the burnout phase like we would. Yeah. We don't hit the burnout phase and then lose our temper and bang the rolling pin. <laughs> or you we know, don't lose our temper and, and say unkind things to our spouse or our kids. Yeah. No, I like that you always go back and you say what you did and you admit to, you know, ways that you actually behaved or you thought and you always go more to uh, what you did wrong than what you did right but I guess you bring this up so that what you learned you're sharing from your experience and this is really important because we all are human beings we all make mistakes we all do things that we don't like after we are in a better state of mind and we think about it. But the most important is reflection and go back to your mind and you um, sort of review things to learn from because our being here must have a reason to it. We are not here just to spend time. We are here to um, actually, um, what is the word you um, um you don't want, you want to 
trans be transformed in a better way, but you always want to do better, you know? Yeah, you want to develop yourself. You don't want to just exist. Yeah. You want to go through change. This is a, it's, that's a very good point. We have to encourage our own transformation, our yeah. own change. We have to focus on that. A, what we've talked about before is any good movie or any good book, the character changes, they transform. And books or movies or stories that really don't grab us are ones where the character, the main character doesn't change. They don't transform. They don't learn anything. They don't grow. Yeah. And we <laughs> are the main character in our own lives. I was going to say exact same thing. We are the main character of our lives. We need to make some changes in a positive way, especially we talk about resolution for new year. And we also in the past talked about why should we wait till new year? Why don't we do it right now? You know, or, or, although, you know, uh, we are airing our program after new year. It's a good time. Anytime we think something good to happen. We are at the end of our program. I want to thank my friend, Dr. Rockers, but also I want to give him a chance to finalize and sort of sum up um, by one statement regarding our topic. Wow. We've talked about so many different things today. It's hard to summarize it, but for me, I would go back to the part, capitalize on what you said, Saide, that persistence, but make sure that it is an open and an interested or curious persistence. I guess I would add also then develop yourself and find something that you can learn how to do. I'm, I'm in a constant pursuit of learning how to do things. I love learning how to do a thing. Yeah. It's just so fascinating for me. That's what feeds my soul. Yeah, yeah. No, I've noticed that in you, um, when you want to make yourself better in whatever you're doing, you really put your mind and time into it and you make it. And I always appreciate that. So I have to learn from you on that because I know I was um, pretty much, um, you know, aware of your golf um, playing and also bread making things or other great things you do because I've seen all these um, other products that you have and they're on your shelves and you make it yourself. But um, it's great. Uh, we all need uh, some hobbies. We all need something aside from the general work that we do. So those are creative times that uh, we can be more focused on something that we like to do. So I want to end with um, appreciation and uh, self-awareness and um, uh, just being present in life. And with that, I want to say goodbye to our listeners and wishing everybody having a wonderful week ahead. Dastamo bovar
رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا